This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, hope you're well. Welcome back to the Betting Weekly EPL podcast here on the Bet Rivers Network. As always, I'm your host, Harry Simiu, and I'm delighted to be joined, first of all, today by Mr. Jack Wright. Jack, how are you? First, what have I done to deserve that? I know, you've been promoted. <laughs> a lot is the answer. <laughs> I'm good, mate, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, all good, mate, all good. Uh, recovering from a busy transfer deadline day. Oh, but all the fun and back. the fair. That's it, exactly. Uh, also joining us from uh, somewhere in New York is uh, Mr. Nigel Seeley. How are you? Yeah, I look, I look like I've been uh, locked up in the NYP, the, the <laughs> NYPD police department and I'm, I'm asking Bet Rivers to send me a ransom to get me out on bail. But I'm actually in the meeting room in the hotel I'm at the moment in Times Square. So, uh, yeah, uh, a very enjoyable trip. One thing I do know about America is very expensive, so we need to we need to cash some of these tickets <laughs> this weekend so I can pay the room bill to get out of it. <laughs> yeah, after those stakes you were telling yeah. us about. I'm not yeah. surprised. <laughs> uh, let's uh, quickly update you uh, on where we are uh, currently in the season. We're currently four points down. Um, Nigel, anything to add around that? You know, we've, we've started to to do quite well. I think it's been a bit up and down, but I think we're getting into the swing of it. Yeah, we'll be all right. We'll make money. We always do. That's why we're called Because We Win, because we win. But uh, you're going to go through uh, stuff. Variance is a very interesting thing. Sometimes you have a fantastic run. Sometimes you go on losses. But you've got to keep consistent. You've got to keep your powders right this time of the year. The first, I mean, I tweeted the other day, my actual personal betting record in August and all the things I do in soccer, not just Premier League, all across Europe, I'm literally dead level. Zero. Like, I, there's nothing in it. I don't even know why I bother betting on this time <laughs> of year. It's just, it's just a waste of time. All that stress and all that energy just to literally pay, like, nothing on the end of it. So, But it's the first time I went through my betting records. It's the first time in three years or four seasons that I've actually not lost money in August. So it's always very hard in the first month of the season. Things come really good sort of Christmas time and, and, and went after the World Cup in the second half of the season. So keep your powder dry for the first month and then we go on a good run sort of October, November and we've got some stats to go on. Absolutely. Great stuff. Uh, let's jump straight into the picks then. Um, and let's go with Brentford Leeds first because I know both of you have got an opinion on this one. Uh, Jack, I'll come to you first, mate. Uh, give us your, your sort of download on this particular fixture. Yeah, mine's on a goals angle. So I'm going for over two and a half goals in this game at odds of minus one, three, four. Um, it landed in both games last season. We don't have to look too far back to the last meeting, which was in May, uh, right at the back end of last season, and it ended 2-1 to Leeds. Good away win for them there. Um, both sides have only kept one clean sheet this season. The kind of quirk to that is both those clean sheets came in their, their best wins of the season. Obviously, Brentford's 4-0 win over Man United and Leeds' 3-0 win over Chelsea. Of course, on that basis, the over two and a half goals landed still in both those games anyway. I only needed one side to come to the party. Um, Brentford had 19 shots in their last 
home game, which was against Everton, um, which it was their best so far since they've come up to the back up to the Premier League. So um, they're, they're getting there, thereabouts. I, I think they have just generally been a little bit unlucky. They um, they've um, hit the bar three times in that particular game. They've hit the bar would work more than any other side in the league so far this season. So they're getting in the positions, and I think if they weren't, that would be the concern. But I think this Leeds side will be a side that suits them better than like an Everton who sit deep. They will be front foot. They like both sides like to thrive off an atmosphere, which they'll get at the Brentford Community Stadium for this one. Um, and, and I can see it being a, a sent open a, a attacking game. Brentford's better stuff is done on the counter attack as they showed against United in that opening home game. So they should get the opportunity to do that because we know Leeds will be a front foot front foot side. So it suits them suits them better that way. Um, but they've still scored uh, 10 goals of, um, of, of Brentford. So they've certainly got the ammunition to uh, to trouble Leeds. Both sides leave the battle open fairly consistently. So, um, as I said, we've got um, some good processes also from Leeds throughout the start of the season as well. Um, and, yeah, it should be an exciting game, should be an interesting game, should be one with goals. And as I said, that's why I'm going with the over two and a half here at minus one, three, four. And over to Nigel, who's going to get more of them? Go on, Nigel. <laughs> well, it's, mate, yeah, look, look at it, Brentford. There's only one person who's hit the bar more than Brentford. That's me in New York in the last <laughs> four or five days. That's, that's, that's a certainty. Uh, How long have you been rehearsing that? I know, tell you what. We don't just throw this together, you know. It's all natural. I've just done it in 30 seconds. That's, the, that's, 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 that's the why I'm the main man, because of that kind of that natural ability. Uh, the thing is, I've got a negative for Brentford anyway, and nothing's going to change my opinion of Brentford. I, I, I know they create a lot of chances. I do, I do agree with Jack. This has got to look about goals. I, I mean, I do. I definitely agree with that. But I can't get away from the fact that um, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't particularly like Brentford this season in lots of things they don't. I know they create a lot of chances and I still think they're, they've, they've been in, their prices have been sort of sort of masqueraded by that superb performance that they had against Manchester United. They create a lot of chances they don't put the ball in the back of the net and the last in three matches this season they've been trailing and have left it really, really late to score the, to get the point. You know, they were 2-0 down against Leicester scored in the 83rd minute I think it was they were 1-1 draw with Everton left it late 86th minute 89th minute I think it was against Crystal Palace in midweek. So they and then they've hit the bar, they keep going, but they keep falling behind. And I don't think they can keep relying on that luck, getting them out of trouble. Um, Leeds, you'll remember Leeds went there last season on the final that a season and famously won. I know it's probably uh, the, the match took on a different perspective because Leeds needed to win and Brentford had absolutely nothing to play for. And the whole crowd was full of Leeds supporters because they needed to win to stay in the Premier League. So you don't look too much into that. But Brentford are a funny team. You either look at the data and think, yeah, they're going to come good, or you think of the data and think, or you look at the scoreline and look at the results and think they can't keep scoring last-minute winners and getting out of trouble. So I think Brentford are probably, of all the teams in the Premier League, there is a, a, a real 50-50 divide, um, whether you think they are, you, you believe the process or whether you think the process is going to fall on its arse, really, effectively, <laughs> this season. So, um, And I'm more of the latter. Um, I, I'm, I'm not convinced. Um so I, I feel that Leeds offer some value here. I do think it's going to be a tap mining game. I think both teams will score. And if Leeds do score, for the bet I'm going to have, you, you know, that gives you a great chance. So I'm going to go for, for, for Leeds plus a half a goal. Uh, so I get the draw running for me as well. Um, I, I like that play. I'm going to go for that. So um, I think the line, what was the line we sent? Um, I haven't got the line in front of me, Harry. Um, the line we played, I've got it here yeah, in front of me, minus 132. 
So I'm going to go for Leeds plus a half a goal, minus 132. Get the draw on side as well. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see this be another draw. Brentford have drawn an awful lot of games. Uh, Leeds have got to go out attack-minded, attacking game. So for us, we want the old Desmond 2-2 with both cash. Jack, let's come back to you and let's turn our attentions to the Merseyside derby. Uh, it's the early kickoff on Saturday. So if you are interested in having a play on this one, you've got to get on it pretty quickly. But Jack, uh, talk to us about it. So yeah, um, Everton-Liverpool putting aside that 9-0 win last weekend for Liverpool. We know they've been really struggling this season as far as getting the results are concerned. They've fallen behind in eight of their last nine Premier League games now, which is an incredible stat for a side, obviously, that's been so, so strong over the last two, three seasons. Um, so it's hard to kind of work out getting them on side, other than the fact that the line I'm going for here is actually on their corners. So I'm going for over six and a half Liverpool corners at odds of minus one, two, nine. It's a market I do like for certain teams, and Liverpool do fall into that category. And having looked at what they've been producing over the last few games, that side of it is certainly coming back strong again. Um, last season, they had uh, the second highest corner average in the league, averaging just under seven and a half corners per game. Um, against Everton last season, across the two games, there was 24 corners for Liverpool, 11 in one, 13 in the other. So actually smashed it. Realistically, coming down to it, Lampard's got his template against Liverpool. He's, he's going to sit deep. He's going to invite them on. They had 80% possession last time they played Everton to Liverpool. So, shouldn't expect anything too dissimilar from that this time round. Everton looking to hit them on the break. So, it's just a case of, that, you know, can they break them down? Can they actually go and, you know, score some goals? As I said, they have fallen behind in those games recently, which has led to them hitting high numbers of corners. During the week against Newcastle, they hit 13 Prior to that, the two games prior to that, they hit eight. The good thing about that is even when they did beat Bournemouth by nine and were kind of home and hosed after about 20 minutes, they still hit eight corners. So they're still going to go for it. And obviously, this being a Merseyside derby, they're going to be wanting to like put a statement out. It's not something they're going to sit on. It's not their way. So um, expect them to play their usual style, getting the width in. Obviously, the fullbacks, we know, bomb on. We've got the width of Salah. We've got the width of Diaz as well. Um, and so with Everton, they've conceded 18 corners in their last two games as well. And they conceded in their first home game of the season, a comparable fixture at home to Chelsea. They conceded 16 corners. So the way Liverpool play, the way Everton defend and will set up for this, it, it screams that they will be hitting high numbers. Um, and the line at six and a half is, is decent. Um, I'm happy to take that on at odds of minus one, two, nine. Brilliant. Uh, Nigel, let's come on to you for Forest Bournemouth. Yeah, I said it last week, um, the Bournemouth game against Wolves, I thought it would be quite low scoring. Bournemouth obviously were beaten 9-0 by Liverpool. And then I sort of used the analogy of um, teams in the NFL. When teams get beat 60-0 or big wipeout, they work on the defence the following week. Uh, and that's what I think Bournemouth did. Um, and not the Forest are going to do exactly the same because they got beat 6-0 by Manchester City. So they've got to work on their defence. Now, you don't play... Luckily enough for these two clubs, you don't play Man City every single week or Haaland every single week in the Premier League. But already in September, this is a relegation six-pointer. These two sides are really, really going to be struggling at the bottom of the table. And I think it's going to be a cagey match. Uh, I think it's going to be really, really low scoring. I wouldn't be surprised to see another nil-nil or one goal will win it. I'd probably lean towards Nottingham Forest, but I don't think there's going to be many goals. I think it's going to be very attractive. And both teams already are showing nerves uh, after, what, five games in the Premier League that they're going to be heading straight back towards the Championship. If you look at Nottingham Forest this season, at home, they've only scored one goal. 
Bournemouth away from home haven't scored yet this season. It's, I think it's conceded about 14, something like that, which is which is ridiculous. But both sides are weak in attack. Um, and I think this is a, a real cagey game already in September. September the 2nd, and we're talking about a team, two sides that are involved in a relegation six-pointer. I don't see any reason why both sides really would go all out to attack. Uh, I think a point at the start of the season would be a, a very good result. Bournemouth obviously haven't got a manager at the moment. So um, there, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's incentive for, the, for them to prove to the new manager they've got a place in, in the team. But I feel wonders here. You know, if you look at this game, Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth, you, you, you would think to yourself, well, they're so bad defensively. But they're bad defensively against teams that are a lot better than them. Um, when they play each other, um, I, I think, yeah, the attacking ability of the two sides will come to a relevance rather than the defensive frailty. So I'm going to go for under two and a half goals, Nottingham Forest against Bournemouth in what I think is, uh, is a battle at the foot of the table already after five games of the Premier League. Amazing stuff. It is indeed. Um, Jack, let's come back to you. Uh, Manchester City, uh, who we've mentioned there, they uh, take on Aston Villa. They're away from home. Big pressure on Aston Villa because of their situation. I know this is not the ideal fixture for Steven Gerrard, given his current predicament, but what's your opinion on this one? Yeah, I think if you're Steven Gerrard and you can pick one fixture, a fixture to have when you're under the cosh, it's, it's not this one, that's for certain. So, um, Nigel then said, you don't have to play uh, Man City every week, like you don't, but it's, it's Villa's turn this time round, and I don't like their chances at all. Um, I, was, I was toying with the idea of going City to win to nil, which I was surprised to see at decent odds against. I wouldn't put anyone off that. Um, but as we saw during the week, they have got a, a, a funny goal in them. So um, we, uh, I, I've gone off that. Instead, I've gone for Man City to be winning at half time and to be winning at full time. Um, so they don't need to win both halves. But they just need to be make sure they're in front at half time whistle and in front at the end. Uh, Villa was so bad against Arsenal. We talked about them last time out and just saying that they just didn't have nothing going forward. Watkins was isolated, feeding off scraps, nothing there at all. No creativity in in there at all. Defensively, I think they 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 rode their luck rather than it was it was luck more than judgment. To be fair, throwing the bodies on the line, last ditch defending, uh, it's not something you can get away with week in week out. And they're going to be up, say, certainly under the cosh this time round. Um, they were very very stretched, and, and this city side at the moment looking absolute ruthless form. Now, will Holland start or not? We'll wait and see. If he doesn't. It's not the end of the world because you know, when you look at you've got Foden, Alvarez, Mares, Kevin De Bruyne, Silva, Gundogan, it's, it's like not exactly a, 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 a scratching around trying to find a replacement. Um, will, will Pep drop him? I'm not so sure because you know he's obviously got off to an absolutely electric start nine goals and two hat tricks in his first five appearances. He'll want to keep that run going. They've got Sevilla obviously in the midweek in the, in the Champions League, which is where there's that element that there'll be some rotation. But will he start him and then drag him off when the job's done? I think that's possibly more likely. But I say it's not the end of the world if they do rotate. They will want to get the job done early here. Sometimes you think, oh, a half-time, full-time, you know, there's no need for them to actually be in front. But I think with this one, they want to get the job done against this Villa side that look an absolute shambles at the minute. They look a wreck. Um, Gerard's chopping and changing his formations, his players. He's playing two up front, one up front, three at the back different centre-half partnerships. It's just, you know, um, 
Coutinho in, out, Bundia in, it's just kind of a, a bit of a mess. And he's just hoping that something's going to work. And I think that seems to be the, the basis at the moment. So, as I said, no better team to take advantage of that than, than City. They want to get the job done, get it done early, get the key players off, rotate them out ahead of the, the Champions League starting next week. So, I'm going for Man City, half-time, full-time, odds are minus one, one, three. Nice. This next no, just, just, one, just one thing, just one thing before going. I mean, it, it is, I mean, Man City are a different animal to everybody else in, in the Premier League, but it's very, very important to remember the Champions League, especially in the first games of fixtures. Teams at the, uh, the first week of the Champions League who have Champions League action don't necessarily cover the, the price or the handicap. Their teams usually to fight. And if you look at Liverpool, for example, it's the biggest game this weekend. We haven't had a bet on it, but we've got the corner bet. But Liverpool are heavy minus money to be Everton. It's Everton's biggest game of the season. Everton will be absolutely up for that. So don't be rushing in straight away to bet Liverpool at minus money because Liverpool have to travel to Napoli, um, which is arguably their toughest challenge in the, in the Champions League. Well, it is the toughest challenge of the Champions League. And this game for, for Man City, obviously a trip to Seville. He, I, I think he will rest Haaland. Um, and the line may move. I'm not saying that, that um, Jack's analysis isn't right, but... If the way how how important Haaland is now to Manchester City and to the betting public, they they, they will they'll take any price on Haaland to score, to score a hat trick, to score two goals. There's a huge public momentum behind him. If Haaland doesn't play in this game, that price on Man City to be drawing winning half time, winning at full time will, will move significantly. And I and I think then you might I agree with with Jack's breakdown. I think Man City will be far too whatever team Man City put out will be far too strong for us to win it. But if you're having a bet on this game, my advice would be is to wait right to the last minute because the team news won't affect the price now. Yeah. But when the team come out, it it will affect the price, and you'll get a much better bet, better return for your money. So and and look at that on all those all those games. Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea got West Ham in a, in a, in a London derby this weekend. I mean, and I know he goes to Zagreb, but there's not all, all is not well at Chelsea. I think one of these teams, uh, at least one of them, will not win. Chelsea, Liverpool, or or, or Man City. One of them, I mean, I think Man City will be the most likely, but one of them won't win at minus money because of that Champions League importance on Tuesday, especially in game day one. You're right about the price. I think I was I was surprised to see the price set where it is at the moment, but it's not going to go in any any further than where it is, and it will only go one way if if the team news isn't kind of favourable with the public. But um, this has landed in in five the last five trips for City to Villa, so I'm confident that they can do it with whatever side they put out um, because it will be strong. You know they, they can rotate players in, but that very valid point. And I say you've got the ability to obviously wait nearer the time. Absolutely. For sure. Brilliant stuff. Um, this next bet, well, it's one of those bets. So th- this wouldn't be the Bet Rivers EPL podcast if we didn't have this bet somewhere along the line. So, Nigel, <laughs> over to you. Well, I, I, if it's not broke, don't don't fix it. That's the, that's the motto of the story. I mean, when will these bookies wake up and realise? When will Bet Rivers wake up and realise that this is just printing money every week? Now, the line never changes. It's been the same for two seasons. We've done, we've done this for two seasons now, Harry, haven't we? And it's never changed. It's always the same price. And that is the draw at halftime in the Wolves, whenever Wolves play. Um, this season, five Premier League games, four of them have ended in the draw at halftime. Uh, and the only game that didn't was um, Newcastle. Last We went on the stats last week. I think it was 50, it's now 56% of games that Wolves have played in the last two and a half seasons, or two full seasons, and this season, have ended in a draw, which equates to around about minus 128. 
Uh, and that includes games when they play Liverpool, Man United, Man City, Arsenal, Tottenham, the big Chelsea. When they play the middle sections, it goes up to like 60%, which is like minus 150. Every week you get plus 112. It's like a market. They just stick up plus 112. No one's going to bet on it. And we just, you know, it, 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 it's wrong. It's, it's absolutely wrong. They don't show any ambition in the first half. The manager has got no ambition. Um, the team have, have, are toothless. They don't have any attacking threat. And they, they sort of turn it all on in the second half of the games. Um, and also the nil-nil. I mean, at halftime, there's been five games this season in the Premier League involving involving Wolves, and three of them five have been nil-nil at halftime. Two of them have gone in on to end up nil-nil. They haven't scored. They've only scored one goal. On the flip side of that, and the, and the flip side is, 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 is the flip side, Southampton are playing well. They've beaten Chelsea. They're a much more attack-minded team than, than Wolves. But I think if you look at these two sides... If you did a projected end-of-season table and a projected points, there'd be a cigarette paper between Wolves and Southampton. I think they're probably on, the, on, a, on a level part. So when you consider they're both pretty much level in their, their ambition and where you think they're ending the season, they're both going to be similar in the league table. The stats of Wolves games are just phenomenal, in fact, of the first half being a draw. And you can get plus 112. Does, doesn't, doesn't make sense to me. I just think it's one of those markets that is a niche market that they bet rivers won't see much handle on it and when you get these kind of niche markets they're the best opportunities to keep to keep going and keep betting no it, the handle won't be big so yeah i'm going to keep going with it and i'll keep going if it cashes this week i'll do it next week when they play crystal <laughs> palace or the week later when they play something someone else in that middle leads or something like that but uh, yeah the draw at half time wolves uh this week against southampton and again like a little piece of burning on the nil nil at half time as well we haven't mentioned uh, Chelsea West Ham in any detail. We haven't mentioned Manchester United Arsenal as well, which is another big game uh, on the schedule this weekend. Uh, Questions to both of you, really. Um, how comes we've swerved those? Is, is there nothing in those that appeals to you guys? Just interested, sort of, for the listeners' benefit to understand why you've stayed I can't away from get I can't get a read on Chelsea at the moment at all. I, I, I wouldn't know what to expect from them. Obviously, they've had a couple of games they've had a player sent off, which never helps in getting what an actual normal game would look like. Um, West Ham, we've talked about before, seen them a couple of times, and they're just, yeah, they're just just not on it. But they're, they're kind of grinding out them 1-1 draws. They're, that's kind of how they're going at the moment. They're looking a little bit better. But only marginally. I saw, say, game against Spurs during the week, and I uh, say it was just—it's tough watching, really, for them at the moment. And um, as I say with Chelsea, that Nigel mentioned it earlier, and I used the same words earlier in the week. There's something just not right there. Um, that is, is not for a, a betting event for me. That's one to watch until I can get a better read on on certainly on Chelsea. Um, and and that's, I couldn't call the game really. It wouldn't surprise me any result there. I think, I think nice. Harry, with, with my regards, I think for Chelsea and West Ham, both of them have made a lot of new signings. And uh, they don't, I don't think either manager knows his real best team yet. And I think they're very, very dangerous, dangerous plays to have. Um, personally, I think Chelsea are too short in the betting, given that the fact they have a Champions League match. I think West Ham notoriously raised, notoriously raised their games against bigger clubs than they do against weaker clubs. But usually at home. They're usually you know, a side that can beat a Chelsea at home or beat a Manchester City at home, but then lose at home to Burnley over the years or lose at home to, to Bournemouth. It's that, that's what West Ham pretty much have done for years and years and years. So 
But I think because of Chelsea in the Champions League and because of Chelsea, that they're vulnerable here. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't put anybody off betting West Ham plus one goal because I always think that going into Champions League are big games. What is the ambition for Chelsea to win two, three, four? The ambition is to get three points, get everyone fit and go to Zagreb and get a win. So if you're 1-0 up with half an hour to go, take, they're probably good likely to make substitutions to protect that lead rather than go on and win on two or three. They're not like Man City, just keep grinding, keep grinding. And with regards to the Manchester United-Arsenal game, it's, to me, and I'll be 100% honest with you, I think both of these sides are currently, currently being overrated by the bookmakers uh, on, on their league position. I think Arsenal have had a fantastic start, but they've still got, it's still not, Great. I mean, it's a massive improvement last year, but I still don't think they're 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 going to keep up with the pace, and I think they're they're going to lose again in a shock defeat sooner or later. And with Manchester United, how can we talk about a team three weeks ago that we said could finish in the bottom half and relegation, now saying they're going to make the Champions League in the space of three weeks? So the jury's out for me on those two sides, and um, I'm a watching I'm a watching brief on Arsenal and Manchester. I think we'll know a lot more about Arsenal. And we'll learn a lot more about Man United uh, this time next week after this game. Yeah, I'd sit on the fence there. My money's on the well, would be on the draw if I had to make a bet on it. To be fair, I can't see a lot between them. You saw United last night against Leicester, and they were just they were they were a tough watch as well. And against the Leicester side, that absolutely looked shot to bits. But quickly, on what's your thoughts on Aubameyang to Chelsea as a obviously a. I think he'll do well there. Um, I think he always does well at the start of his time at any club that he's joined that I think he's a good fit for them in the short term the fact that he will do well though at Chelsea for me in my opinion doesn't change the fact that Arsenal had to move him on Uh, so I think you know those two things those two opinions can coexist but yeah I think Mm -hmm. he'll I think it'll be a good addition Um, guys I think we're going to leave it there Uh, those are the picks for this week be sure to subscribe to the Bet Rivers Network YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed if you're listening via audio as well. Please do leave us a review on the audio platforms. It really does help. And if you're watching on YouTube, leave a like on the video. Make sure you follow the guys on social and follow our handicappers handle at Because We Win. You'll get uh, pre-stuff and in-play stuff as well. So lots of content coming your way. Anything to add, Nigel, before we uh, say our farewells? No, no. Um, I'm back on... Um... Uh, Tuesday, we've got a Champions League show on Monday. Uh, with the, we're looking at the fixtures on that. Jack's doing some fantastic work with George Ellick on the Championship, doing well. The Italian League is doing fantastic with Daniele. Uh, the La Liga, everyone, everyone's pulling their weight. We're all doing well. Lots of good content and uh, plenty more to come over the next few uh, weeks or so. Indeed. Make sure you check out all the rest of the shows across the Bet Rivers Network and we'll be back next week with more. Until then, take care of yourselves. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. 